Hello and welcome to the second episode of Three Dumplings, a podcast from three Asian girls about the issues, concerns and absurdities of our lives. I'm writer Hannah Rosier and I'm here with my co-hosts, blogger Peony Lim hey. and photographer Kit Lee. Hello. Episode two of this podcast is going to focus on a subject that we know and love oh so very well, <laughs> food. <laughs> so I thought we would start by sharing a bit of our food diaries this week. I've been in Helsinki at a very fancy wellness retreat, which was basically no food at all uh, for three days. <laughs> so I'm going to be listening very closely to what you've been uh, eating. But yeah, I was on a private island for a story that I've been working on and it was incredibly healthy. We had a lot of fresh salmon, which was delicious and vegetables. And the chef put edible flowers on everything. So even oh, though they pretty. were very small portions, uh, they looked really beautiful. Can so. we can we see this very small portion flower food on your Instagram? Uh, I didn't put any pictures up on Instagram, but I can put one on our Instagram Yay. to go with this episode. And you can uh, feel jealous of the prettiness, but maybe not the actual the substance size. of the uh, <laughs> of the food itself, uh, which was delicious, but it was just very small. Uh, Kit, what have you been eating this week? I had dim sum a few weeks ago uh, with friends because it was dim sum week. It was it went on for about two or three weeks in London, so I haven't had dim sum for over a year what i know i know are you joking <laughs> i used to eat them all the time in hong kong in london i just felt sick of it i thought you know i need a year rest <laughs> but yeah i, I mean because it's been yeah i'm actually lost for words right here how could you be sick of i mean we call it yum cha but how could you be sick of I mean, it do you want to eat hargao and yes. silmai every single week yes yes that, legit yes no yes <laughs> look at my fat face yes <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah because it's, the weather has been so hot and humid i just, i was craving for dim sum so i wanted hagao siomai chanfan chicken feet <laughs> my mom loves chicken feet. yeah so um i, I went twice with my friends you do have to go with buddies for dim sum. You have to. You need you need solitary. people to like about four people. Order it up, otherwise you don't get enough of everything. Yeah, I love it. What have you been eating this week, Penny? So this week I went with um, my girlfriend Steph, um, who is Australian as well, and therefore a massive fan of Asian food. Um, we went to uh, what is it called? Shack Yu Fuk, or is it Fuk Q? <laughs> that sounds like a joke, Excuse but it's me. not. It's by it's one of the restaurants by Bone Daddies. It's Shack Fu Yu, and it used to be a pop up. It's in um, Soho. Uh, it's just down from like JY and stuff, so it's on that like main strip of Soho. And it's basically Japanese food. It's kind of ramen, but it's also mixed in with a bit of Korean food. Like Bone Daddies is not really like ethnically specific. It's just like Asian mm. food that's delicious. And so it was the pop up that was part of that that became a permanent space. So when it comes to heritage, both celebrating and maintaining it, food is an incredibly important tool. My Australian mum was always so steadfast about cooking Chinese food for me and my brothers when we were children. So I'm so impressed by that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, she was dedicated to it and and she would throw all her energy into it. I remember she cooked an eight-dish Chinese New Year banquet for us once in Sydney when we hadn't gone to Hong Kong that year for Chinese New Year to see my family. She was always trying to recreate this very particular um, chicken and celery and cashew nut dish that my grandmother would make at home um, for us. And then my dad would just turn around and eat it and go, it's not authentic. 
So this it's is so <laughs> not as good as my mum can make. And my mum would just be completely crushed by this. And oh, it completely no. broke my heart because she was trying so hard to build this, you know, bridge between our life in Australia and, you know, our heritage yeah. in, in Hong Kong. And he was not being a part of it at all, which was... You know, be a team player, Dad. Come on. Did both your parents cook it? My mum's a bit healthy, you know, it's all steamed food. It's But my dad, I say he's a very good cook because he works in Chinatown. Um, the other day, um, I was at my sister's and he was there. He was making delicious steamed tofu with stuffed pork. Oh, my God. So oh, my good. God. Drizzled with, I don't know what sauce he made. Yum. Steamed, what's this flatfish called? Place? Could be place, yeah. Place um, with hot oil and soy sauce on top. Oh, my with, God. With ginger and spring onions. When are we invited <gasps> for dinner? That just sounds so good. Come to Chinatown. So good. Um, he made, oh, my God, my favourite, uh, king prawns with tomato sauce with, I don't know, some Indian spice. It was so delicious. Mm. Um, what else? soup and there's literally nothing more comforting than being cooked for by your parents either so mm. when they're both good yeah. and they're cooking for you this is like a life win i had noodles last night <laughs> i think i had noodles last yummy night. i did oh no i had sushi last night i love feng sushi do you guys order well this is like a new experience for hannah because hannah's it's just moved to london so there's a lot of new restaurant experiences for her and takeaways feng sushi does it i don't know if it's in your part of london kit what is feng sushi it's in west london it's like a japanese kind time? of very small chain in the in london and they deliver as well and i had it last night I had a poke ball with salmon which was delicious and they do brown rice which is super good a little bit of vegetable tempura and some spicy adami beans i'm a real like obsessive with miso anything anything that has a miso sauce on mm. and anything that is spicy adami but I don't really like chili spice. I know that's going to be shocking to you guys. I like cold spice. I like wasabi horseradish spice versus like chili hot spice. Oh, see, I like a hot spice. I can handle, a, you know, a cold spice, but a hot spice is my It's place. your space, yeah. It's it's definitely one or the other, I think. What do you like? I love sriracha sauce. I mean, it goes so you like hot, everything. Hot. Well, not very hot, but medium hot. I hate chili oil. It's okay. I mean, a tiny dip, that's no. it. That's a hot take though, because chili oil is it's hot. No, I meant like a that is a controversial opinion to hold because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, I, I can take it in like small amounts. You know when they when it's put on almost like we would put pepper or salt on mm. Western Ooh. food. But I when it's like swimming, I can't. I just can't. No, I can only do one tiny, tiny, tiny drop. But that's yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't agree with me. Kit, did you go home to Hong Kong for Chinese New Year? Um, yeah, I went back to Hong Kong for Chinese New Year. I think it was four years in a row because my grandparents are old. Obviously, all the grandchildren wants to be there and um, celebrate in our ancestral village. You have really traditional Chinese New Year. We at have home, right? very traditional Pun Choi feast. Uh, Pun Choi is uh, a metal basin um, filled with compact layers of food. Like bottom, you have prawns, you have uh, braised pork, you have vegetables, you have chicken, you have like duck, um, really like compact. Mm-hmm. And it's a shared food, so you share with 11 people. To celebrate Chinese New Year in a traditional village, it's very intense because every day it's different. Like day one, you, it's vegetarian day. 
which means you cannot have salt in your food, you you can't have soy sauce, no condiment, it's just bland, bland food. Uh, Day two, yes, you can add sauce, but every dish has like different meanings, like for example, spring onions means longevity. Fish means long life. Prawns, I have no idea. I mean, every dish has like different meanings to represent. And does your grandma do a lot of the cooking? Can I just say her her cooking is not really my kind of taste. <laughs> Please, Granny Lee, do not be listening to this podcast. It's, it's just... Poor Granny! So basic. It's all steamed food, pan fried. I mean, she makes amazing soup, but it's just too boring. Kit, you're such a diva. Savage. I loved my grandmother's cooking. Oh. Did your Chinese grandmother's... Is she still alive? Yeah, she's still alive and oh, her so cooking lucky. is... The one sensational. Mm. So I do understand my dad's complaints about you know nothing quite matching up to it because it is it is fantastic. But um, yeah, she doesn't cook as much anymore because she's she's getting a little bit older. But she definitely has made some of the most m- memorable dishes that I've ever eaten in my life. And she's in Hong Kong. She's in Hong Kong. Yeah. How old is she now? She is eighty. Oh wow. wow. Okay, this is really concerning. Matthew's father is eighty. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, okay. He literally, we just celebrated his 80th birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. My yes. parents are in their 80s, but I don't know their actual age. But 80s, yeah. Impressively, he can use an iPhone and an iPad, though. I think that's pretty good. I don't think my grandma I don't think I would be able to do that kind of thing. I don't think my grandma can use no. an iPhone. I think that's they pretty can good. can use a telephone. <laughs> that's it. I don't think I'll ever be able to quite seriously separate food and family because as you say you know they're so tied up together my first memories of Chinese food are the dishes that my grandma cooked for me or the dishes that we ate at banquets or you know endless yum cha feasts or crispy pork belly or delicate Mm. little morsels of white fish that my grandfather had procured for me especially and put in a bowl to give to me because he knew that I loved them or you know the red bean soup smell which I don't even like but it really takes me back to I love the red bean soup I know this this is this is my controversial opinion yeah that's like the chili oil for you what girl (laughs) I'm the one person at the the banquet that's not having the red bean soup and everyone else is eating it and that marks me out apparently as yes not not a true um, Chinese girl but yeah when I think of my family, I always think of them as the food that they love. My brother loves hagao. He once had 80 of them in one sitting. It was a lot, and we had to roll him out of the restaurant. I don't know what hagao is. The prawn dumplings. Oh. They're so delicious. He had 80? Uh-huh. How is that possible? Yeah. Very addictive. That's like that thing when people go into McDonald's and have a competition of how many Big Macs they can eat. <laughs> he like, wasn't 80 nuggets. is insane <laughs> <He> of <wasn't>, anything. <laughs> he wasn't even having a competition. He just kept eating, and because, as you both will understand... If you show any kind of interest in something, oh, yeah, in a food, something, you. they will keep yeah, yeah. bringing it out more, 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 until yeah. suddenly, you know, 80 of them had been consumed. <laughs> and my dad loves tripe, which I also don't like, but he, he loves that um, that steamed tripe uh, dish. And my grandmother loves chong fan, which I also love. So that's the, that's the thing that we have in common. But... Yeah, what is your earliest Chinese food memory, Penny? So we used to go and visit my ama's house and um, she would always have food in the kitchen. And I, I vividly remember this one soy sauce pork belly recipe that she would do. It was like a stewed pork belly and slices in this kind of oily, thick 
soy sauce sauce. Oh my goodness. I've tried to recreate this recipe a number of times. I'm yet to succeed completely. It's like, it can taste good, but the texture isn't quite the same as hers. Oh my goodness. It was everything to this day. My arm is dead now, sadly. My father was the eldest of eight, so. Wow. Um, But it was just, I always remember exactly what you're saying, that thing of always being served more and more food. And I think for a lot of people, there's quite a big cultural gap when they first dine with a Chinese family that their food is being put on their plate because in the West that wouldn't really happen in the same way. And it's really a gesture of like love and respect and like caring for the person that you're serving them food all the time. And also I have a really vivid memory of going to those massive dim sum halls. Mm. Did you guys ever go to them? Which one? With the trolleys. Yes. Like we used to in go Hong to them Kong. in Hong Kong and also in Malaysia and they push around, if you guys have never been before, they push around trolleys and each trolley is like a different concept of of mm-hmm. dumpling basically mm-hmm. one is fried one is baked one is steamed etc 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 and then you take from the plates it's almost like um a traditional version of the sushi um carousel mm-hmm. only it was on trolleys and they'd be big like ballrooms really wouldn't they these massive restaurants and i remember you'd go for hours and hours and hours and i remember falling asleep under the table that kind of vibe because <laughs> you'd be there for so long with you know extended family they'd be like 20 of you around the table minimum um and that's such a strong memory and i was obsessed with um chasu bao and mm, chasu bao, sli- i still love them so much and i remember exactly the same as your brother once you said you like something they were just presented to you mm. constantly and because in chinese culture it's like really good luck for your kids to be fat they literally feed you so much because they just want you to be porky and it is a gesture of love too it's a, it, it's a way of saying i know that you like this i know that you enjoy it let me give it to you yeah, you know yeah. this is one way let me make me to you show happy. my love yeah we call those um dim sum halls yum cha in sydney they're everywhere and that's what i miss because it's just not something that is really here in london or if it is i'm yet to find we one. will take you to one okay good i miss that so much because they're everywhere in australia and you know every sunday me and my parents and my brothers will go to the one that's near our house and it's not necessarily the best one but it's the one yeah. we've been going to you know for 25 26 years and yeah as soon as we get there the lady literally zooms her trolley over and puts my favorite on the table which is chong fun but um and then she comes around with the tripe for my dad and if i go i i say it's really good hangover food uh if anyone is um (laughs) if you're in london and you're looking for somewhere that's kind of within that theme it's not it's not nowhere near as traditional but the closest thing i can think of in london is royal china would you agree kit Mm -hmm. and they have kind of the biggest style restaurant so we're going to take hannah we will instagram it so you guys can see but that's probably the closest i'll choose a big night and then we'll go the next morning because it is it's the, meant to be brunch food basically it's yeah, like between yeah. breakfast they and lunch like between the 11 till what yeah it caps off doesn't yeah, it like to, yeah. at three or something yeah it's as close to a cure for hangovers as i found that and like a big sort of bottle of coke but i once i went when i was hungover with a friend and not with my parents and the lady came over with saw me came over with my chong fan and then came over with the tripe for my dad and was like your dad's not here and i was like no it's just me today get that tripe away from me <laughs> <laughs> or i will throw up at this table i swear to god um what about you dumpling wise kid oh, what do you like well you know like your brother i love hagao mm. um i can eat them you know 80 times <laughs> and siomai as well which is a yeah. prawn mixed with pork my mum loves siomai yummy they're very elegant i have a very good vivid memory of my first experience of like chinatown when i was about I think about five. Chinatown in London? Yeah, Chinatown, London, New World. <laughs> it was the only place that, you know, that have like um, trolley cart. 
Um, yes, it was a family with other aunties and uncle. I think there were 10 of us at the time. Um, I remember my mum and dad literally had to order, you know, from the menu in Chinese. I can't read Chinese. We just tick whatever that we can, like, eat. Like, uh, the yam, the fried yam, oh, the dumpling, I don't know what they're called. Hagao siu mai, chen fun, different types of chen funs. My favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it's that silky texture, isn't oh, it? Oh, no, with soy sauce and then anything fried as well. And, yeah, I sort of learned the etiquette as well, like table etiquette. So if we have our mouths full or busy chatting and you have a server pouring tea, so obviously you have your mouth full, right? You can't say thank you, right? We tap our two fingers on the table. That means thank you. Um, what else? Um, In my family, they always told me that means stop. Like, it's full. No. Like, it means, like, thank you, but also, like, that's begging. full enough kind of thing. Like, yeah, it means thank you. Just But then someone else lightly. told me that you're not, you're not, it's like, to do with manners, whether you tap with one finger or two or with your knuckles, it's like all different etiquette. It has to be two fingers that represents your legs begging. This is completely foreign to me, so Seriously? this must be oh. a pretty no, My family will do it, but I, I know that there's like different. I've spoken to other like Chinese friends of my father and stuff who say yeah. that there's different. I'm not up with Chinese etiquette, dining etiquette, and I wish I was more, oh, but I probably you. eat like a peasant. And the etiquette of pouring tea as well. Sometimes the youngest have to pour tea to the eldest first and then to yourself last. Hmm. I feel like that's always true though. And it's also due to how much you fill a glass. Like, that in Chinese culture, you're not meant to fool them very much at all, are you? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, Peony, can you tell us what chopstick gate is? So, <laughs> has anyone here dated someone Western or, like, African or whatever that was not of a chopstick-using yes. background, like right? Chopstick yeah, chopstick users, but no. Okay, so I've dated quite a lot of white men. Quite a lot. That sounds really bad. All my boyfriends have been white, but there's only been three of them. Um, and my husband, Matthew, when we first met, he didn't really know how to use chopsticks. It wasn't like he grew up in a very traditional English environment. Like they didn't even really eat Chinese takeaway. So once we started going out and I started showing him kind of Asian food, he loves it now. He's a complete evangelicalist about it, but it wasn't something in his life before that. And he was really self-conscious that he was gonna embarrass himself in front of my family and not be able to use a chopstick. So he went to Itsu, which is like a sushi chain <laughs> in, in London, literally bought sushi and bought like 50 of the wooden chopsticks and he would eat his lunch, whatever his lunch was in the city, every single day with chopsticks to learn how to use chopsticks. Wow. And now he's perfect with them. That's so That's sweet. Amazing. And he did this all behind my back. This is when we were first dating. But my my issue with chopsticks in general, the chopsticks gate phenomena for me, is the way that they're kind of, the way Western people talk about them. And I don't know if anyone's seen the Woucher advert. Probably Hannah hasn't because it's it's on UK TV. So Hannah probably hasn't seen enough UK TV. And I don't even have a television. So, so. Woucher is like a, it's like a couponing website, I think. And they do all these adverts where the slogan is like, Woucher, like that. And there's one where she's eating sushi and she can't pick up the sushi. And so she just stabs it with her <gasps> chopsticks. And it's like, woucher, and then eats it. And it's meant to be really funny because everyone's been in that situation where they couldn't use chopstick. And I literally think it's so offensive and so awful. I don't understand. And I've had friends in Chinese restaurants, friends I love, who've started playing drums with their chopsticks on the table. And I've literally been like... (laughs) 
on the job notes. <laughs> You're in trouble with producer Ryan for doing that right now, Penny. Sorry. Was that in your ear? Sorry. Because um, I just don't think it's acceptable. You wouldn't do that with your knife and fork. Don't do it with chopsticks. It's all eating utensils. Have some manners. Like, respect someone else's culture that that would be very offensive to them. And that I understand that there are so many kind of elements of chopsticks that and and Chinese eating etiquette that I don't understand, like the whole concept that you're not meant to serve yourself with your chopsticks from the group plate, you're meant to use the group chopsticks and then eat only with your own chopsticks, all that kind of stuff. There's so many nuances that I don't know. And I constantly think when I'm in front of like Asian relatives, I must seem like a complete heathen. Um, but my dad was just never really very interested in, in telling us about table manners. I guess it's more of a mum thing to care about. I don't know. How about you? Did you get taught lots of Chinese table manners, Hannah? I just learnt it naturally, really, from a young age. I guess we picked it up from being around my family, but my dad, I mean, he, similar kind of situation, he just never really imparted that wisdom, so we never got it from him. So we could only really get it when we were in Hong Kong with with my aunts. Yeah. And, you know, they see, oh, and my grandmother, because she obviously, you know, had that, I was always fascinated when we would sit down at a restaurant and she would pour the tea and then wash all the bowls yes. and mm. wash yes. all the chopsticks. Oh, yeah. and so wash my all dad the cups. would do that, yeah. Yeah, it was it was always interesting because that was something that you know I never saw my dad do, and so it was a completely um, foreign concept to me. I always and kind of just thought my dad was really hygiene phobic. <laughs> well, it comes down to that in in a way, like it 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 stems from that originally that you wash it in the tea for good luck, but also to clean, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's combo, right? It's very common yeah, yeah. in Hong Kong, though, but I've never seen it here in the UK. All on that kind of mellower street bowls. Do you know the ones I mean that are almost like plasticky? Mm-hmm. It's very specific to Asian street food to use these kind of... I guess people in the West use them for camping more, that kind of material, right? For camping plates and stuff. It kind of looks like, if you haven't seen it, guys, it looks kind of like China, but it actually has a kind of plasticky texture to it. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of Formica a bit. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had any crazy mishaps with food? I remember the one that always is told in my family. It's like the number one family anecdote is when my <laughs> mum went back to Hong Kong for the first time to meet my dad's family and they sort of you know presented her with this beautiful fish and 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 my mum my mum's pretty good with food um and she's she's pretty good with fish mostly on the whole she doesn't eat a lot of pork but but fish is okay the thing she's not okay with though is when you chop the head off the fish and then put that on your plate and give it to her and you know present her with the eyeballs as as (laughs) the special delicacy (laughs) gift and my mum up to that point had sort of been in Matthew's shoes of I'm here to impress I am here to show them my respect I am here to show them that I am you know a thousand percent invested in this relationship based purely on my you know ability to consume your delicious food <laughs> but that was where she drew the line and she just said to my dad, Tony, Tony, eat this fish head right now. If you don't eat these eyes off my plate, this engagement is over. Eat it now. <laughs> so my dad had to kind of take it back off her plate and then, you know, eat it and, and explain to my, my his family that she doesn't really do fish eyeballs. And that has been the 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 yeah, the funny story that is told about my mum from my dad's family for the the next thirty years. So I have a great fish eye anecdote. I don't know whether this is true or not, but a friend of my dad's told me this. That when they would kidnap children back in the day for ransoming, they would know that they got the right child from a wealthy family if they served them fish and the first thing they went for was the eyeball. Oh my God. Because it's God. special. Because that's it was why... special and they they would have been taught that it was a delicacy and so that's how they they got a wealthy child. Pearl. Yeah, and I guess I also it is Do you just eat them, kid? So Maybe rare. when I was like 
a kid, but no. Have you no. ever eaten a manna? No, it's never been presented to me. So luckily I've never had to be in that situation. My brothers have eaten them. My brothers will eat anything that's put in front of them. Okay, so if you would only eat one Chinese thing for the rest of your life. What? Okay, I've even tried to do this before where you say rice or noodles. Only allowed rice or noodles. And that's already quite stressful. Yeah. Noodles. For me it's noodles. Because I eat rice every day. (laughs) I think I'd go rice. Interesting. I love noodles. It's actually very upsetting to me to even be presented with it. It's like between bread and pasta. Like, it's really quite traumatising. It's noodles for me, no question. But if it was one thing, like one dish, one dumpling, one meal, you're not allowed to say a banquet with eight courses. Like, one specific dish that's cheating to say a banquet. Oh, so I know. Sorry, Kit, but you it's can't Hagao say or Silmai. <laughs> What's yours, Chasu Pork? Yum. Yeah, Chasu. Hagao and Silmai together. You, you can't. can't have- you have to choose one. <laughs> don't make that pain face I did I can't okay Hagao I'm going, I'm going <laughs> she's I'm already going... regretting it look at her face <laughs> no it's still mine <laughs> <laughs> they're both my favourite dim- uh, dumplings I can't this is for your desert island so it has yes. to be it has to be the one you're happy to eat for the rest of your days Hagao <laughs> that's your final answer no. <laughs> We're moving on from Kit. Hannah? Let's well, mine's Chongfan, of course. The, the, the prawn ones. Yum. My favourite. Delicious, silky, elegant. Soy sauce everywhere. Dip it in. Soak it up. So good. Yum. Okay, I think we should do restaurant recommendations. Hannah can do Sydney. I will do London. And you can do Hong Kong. Um, so I'm not going to choose just Chinese food because I feel like we should be broader than that. So I really love Dozo. Um, that's really good Japanese food in London. And I just, there's just, I want to eat everything when I go there. I get really excited. Matthew always says I overorder because I get so excited. I do, for a classic Chinese meal, I really like Good Earth in London. And that's just kind of bog standard, but delicious. Um, for dim sum, I still really like Yawacha in Soho. That's really good dim sum. And um, for kind of a more, how can I describe it? street food feel like more of a greasy kind of vibe i really like the oriental canteen in south kensington Mm. which is like greasy kind of fried rice deliciousness they do everything from kind of the roast pork and roast duck and then they do kind of village style food as well so they do all the stewed pork and beef and stuff so we should go hannah actually well, in Sydney, I will recommend Zilva, which is the yum cha place that my family goes to. And it's it's just great. It's like nothing special, but it's fantastic. And the service is good. And the dumplings are amazing. Uh, for ramen, there's there's actually amazing ramen in Sydney. There's a, quite a few different ones. There's Gumshara, but Rio's is the one that my brothers love the most. So I've been there the most and I can definitely recommend that. And there's actually fantastic... Uh, all varieties of Asian food in Sydney. So you can get amazing Thai, you can get amazing Vietnamese, you can get amazing Korean. It's the thing I'm struggling the most with being here as well because pretty much any Thai restaurant in Sydney is going to be a fantastic caliber of food. Even the really cheap, you know, small kind of pokey neighborhood ones. Whereas here, I think there's a lot more disparity between a good Thai and a bad Thai restaurant. So I'm missing that a lot, but there's, there's a, um, 
a restaurant in Sydney called Ms. G's, ms.g's, and it's sort of like a modern Asian fusion restaurant that is run by a chef called Dan Hong, who is really popular in Sydney for his kind of reinventing of Asian cuisine. And so that, if you want something that's a bit more fancy and a bit more cool and they have um is that more of a kind of nobu rocker type yeah it's, a, it's maybe a step dinner below that but it's more okay. of a dinner restaurant for sure but they do cocktails in the um the pearl tea sort of cups with the oh, lids nice. kind of yeah. stuck down and the thick straws mm. it's, it's all a fun experience there yeah cute I also really love Vietnamese food as well. And we do actually have really good Vietnamese food mm-hmm. in London. There's, in East uh, London. there's a lot in East London. Yes. And if you're West, there's a really good one called Go. I've not heard of that. Yeah. But I, I always go to East London for Vietnamese food. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. Viet Grill. And um, how about in Chinatown, Kicks? I feel like you know Chinatown really well. Chinatown. Um, there's New World. There's New Lung Fung. There's Golden Dragon. My dad works there. Don't look for my dad. Discount. <laughs> <laughs> um, Royal China. Where is that? Is that in so? There's, Can- there's a couple. Wharf? There's more than one. So there's one in Bayswater. There's one in Fulham. There's, what's there's the one in Baker Street? Yeah, that's Royal. That's China Royal as well. China. Um. And then in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Well, Hannah Hon- knows Hong Kong too, though, as well. Hannah's yeah, got some good ones there. But I, the problem with Hong Kong, and everyone always asks me for tips for Hong Kong, and I say my favourite restaurants are, like, in the basement or on the top floor of a nameless yeah. building that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, if I could give you the directions based on how many left turns you have to make from my grandparents' apartment, fine. But I don't know the <laughs> name of that building. I don't know the floor. I don't know the name of the restaurant. All I know is I follow my grandparents there every oh, Sunday and yeah. then we leave at 4 p.m. having spent six hours there eating dumplings. So, yeah. but it's great. <laughs> I can recommend a few places in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, if you want a typical dim sum, go to Maxim. So you go to Maxim. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want really good tar seal, go to Holy Fook. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to get that in there. Holy Fook. Um, if you want goose, you go to... Oh, there are two places in Central. I can't remember the name. But I feel like everyone has a family member in Hong Kong that takes them to the unnamed place. And you never know where you're going and it's always delicious and you still don't really know. And they always know the waiter and the maitre d' by name and everything is ordered in Chinese and you just eat mm. the delicious tofu and leave. That's the That's basically our experiences, right, Hannah? Thank you for listening to our second episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to leave us a review or rating, we would love that, as it helps other people find us and gives us a little boost in the charts. In between episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 3, the number 3, Dumplings Pod. And we have to say a big thank you to Badland Studios for making our super cute Dumplings artwork. And also to Ryan, our producer from Shortcuts, who also did our fabulous jingle. We'll see you next week when we tackle one of the most important things in all of our lives. What are we talking about, Kit? Well, we're going to talk about fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.